So let's continue our sermon series on walking through the epistles. Amen. So we are studying from uh, epistle of Galatians, as we know. One of the Paul's uh, Pauline epistles that he wrote to the church in Galatia. So last few, few weeks, we talked about how Paul defended the gospel and how he received the acceptance that he is an apostle called by God. So he defended the gospel by saying that, I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. So as we know, Paul did not receive the gospel from anyone else. It's not a book that, is, that was handed over to Paul. Bible says, as he writes, he received it through the revelation. Can you say that with me? Revelation, through the revelation of Jesus Christ. He also defended his call to be an apostle. You know, you remember some of the Jewish Christians, uh, Jewish believers, they came there and they told Paul is not an apostle. Because he was not one among the twelve. Paul was not an apostle. He was not really called by God. So Paul had to defend his call to be an apostle saying that when the call of God came upon me, this is what he said in Galatians chapter 1, I did not immediately confer with the flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. I did not even consult within myself. I did not even go and consult with the apostles. But the moment the call of God came upon my, me, I just accepted the call of God. I was called by, not by man, but by God. Then Paul realized the importance of working with the leadership. So he went to Jerusalem to meet the leadership. So he went to Jerusalem for two things, to seek the approval of the gospel that he preached and also to get their acceptance on his apostleship. And he went there and he spoke to the leadership. And who were the leadership? Peter, James, John. You know, maybe a couple of other disciples probably were there at that time. So he met the leadership and got their approval. And then Paul came to Antioch. And there, last week we talked about it. And there he met whom? Peter. You remember the story? And he met Peter there in Antioch. And Paul found Peter neglecting the Gentiles in their eating time and he saw Paul saw Peter withdrawing from the Gentiles and he was getting attached with the Jewish people those who came from Jerusalem and Paul was not happy about it because you remember God called him also to accept Gentiles in the house of Cornelius. You know, before he went to the house of Cornelius, God showed him in a vision that he has to accept everyone, right? So, you know, Paul reminded the call of God over Peter's life and he was not happy about it. And Paul had to, in fact, rebuke Peter's hypocrisy. And Paul openly rebuked him for behaving, showing such a behavior. And last week we talked about a couple of things about the law. You know, now we are coming to the core of the book of Galatians. So we talk about the law. We talked about three things. Do you remember any of you from your notes? We talked about three different things. The law, the inability of the law to, first one, justify, and the inability of the law to give life. And thirdly, the inability of the law to make anyone 
righteous or produce righteousness. So law is you know, not capable of justifying or producing life or producing righteousness. Amen? So I want all of your attention. I want all of you to look at me because I am preaching now, right? So you don't need to study your Bible now. So you have all the scriptures on the screen and I am here to teach you. Amen? Just keep looking at me, right? Now today, let us continue from the scripture portion that we read just now from Galatians chapter 3. Now as we study this portion, I'm really more interested to understand what Paul is trying to convey to the church of Galatians than really going so deep into the theological matters or theological subjects over there. I'm more interested in what Paul is trying to convey to the church in Galatia. The first two chapters we talked about already, first two chapters, they really deal with the, the personal they were they are really personal and they are all kind of defensive you know paul was making a defensive step over there to defend the gospel and also to defend his apostleship now the next two chapters that we are going to talk about they are more uh, mostly doctrinal and they are also strictly polemic polemic simply means polemic is a written attack on something that is controversial or disputed or even debated that is what is what polemic can you say polemic polemic that's what it means it's a written attack on something which is already controversial which is going on and that's where paul is about to get into you know it's very interesting as you come with me as you journey with me you know during as we walk through the epistles you know we really find out you know how aggressive paul was when he comes to such matters in the in those early church now, having proved the independence and the divine call of God or divine authority on his apostleship, and he also proved that you know, his gospel is very well accepted. The gospel he preached among the Gentiles were very well accepted by the leadership of that day. Paul is now proceeding to discuss and illustrate the doctrine of justification by faith. Amen? Whether you like it or not, we need to study this topic. Amen? Can you say that with me? Doctrine of justification by faith. Now with the authority and acceptance Paul gained over the first and the second chapter, as he moves into the third chapter, he started rebuking the Galatians. Did you notice that as Hedgen was reading the scriptures? He started rebuking the Galatians for their inconsistency and their foolishness of forsaking the truth and walking behind and paying attention to what is not true. Now in this chapter of three, we see Paul advancing with reasons and arguments to establish the fact that, again the fact, this is what is important, justification is obtained by not following the law, but having faith. Can you say that with me? Justification is obtained not by following the law, but by having faith. And if you ask me, this is the most difficult part in the New Testament. You know, talk about justification and sanctification. You know, those are the key things. You know, we find it often difficult. And with the help of God, this morning we'll be able to make things easy so that we'll be able to understand what Paul is trying to tell the church in Galatia. Justification is a legal term that is simply declaring someone is just or free of guilt you know when the in, the in the court situation set up when the verdict comes on one party and it is said that that particular individual is 
totally guilt free he can be set free so there is a justice that is happening there justification is a legal term as i said so and this morning i would like to title my sermon as bewitched and befooled can you say that with me bewitched and befooled so for our easy understanding i'm just going to give an outline to galatians chapter 3 we are going to divide that into three different segments number 1 justification by faith the personal argument you can read that with me justification by faith the personal argument and then the scriptural argument then the practical argument so we are dividing this entire chapter 3 into three different segments personal argument scriptural argument and practical argument so let's get started let's start with number 1 justification by faith the personal argument let we are going to read against verses 1 through 5 so you know the more we read the more our understanding will be shall we read verse 3 sorry chapter 3 verse 1 oh foolish galatians who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes jesus christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified verse 2 this only i want to learn from you did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith you know if you pay a little attention it's it's easy to understand what paul is writing right so he is questioning did you receive the spirit by the work of the law or by hearing of faith and verse three are you so foolish having began in the spirit are you now being made perfect by the flesh have you suffered so many things in vain if indeed it was it was in vain therefore he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you does he do it by the works of the law or by hearing of faith you know we see a couple of questions here paul is really concerned he is not only just concerned he is also upset over galatians he is also angry over what is happening in the church of galatia basically you know, they have departed from their truth in the previous you know missionary journeys he went and he established those churches but now when he comes back he see total you know to- totally the church is messed up with false teachings and false doctrines and paul is really upset and angry over the situation over there when we get upset over somebody you now what do we do normally when we just get upset and angry over someone what do we do we don't talk we just walk away then what else we do pray for them <laughs> pray for them maybe then scold him yeah right so we do we do many different things but you know one thing probably you fail to tell me When you get in a very upset with somebody when you're angry with somebody don't you throw multiple questions you know so that he or she will feel guilty we'll do that until then right we do that you know with 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 husbands and wife often it happens right you call them separate into the bedroom and then ask multiple questions and you know until she becomes speechless i mean that's very tough right <laughs> it, it it may not that easily happen right <laughs> but you will make sure that that happens and then leave her So Paul is exactly in the same mood here. 
He's just throwing multiple questions to the Galatians and looks like he's not waiting for any answer from them. He's just throwing the questions to them so that, you know, he wants them to realize that they are guilty. You know, until the guilt comes in our mind, until we feel sorry for that mistake, there's nothing good is going to happen. Nothing good is going to happen. Some of us are really good in that, right? Some of us are really good in that. You know, we will scold until at least one teardrop comes and then we will stop, right? So if that is not happening, if that is not there, that means whatever we are saying, it's not really getting into the heart. We just want to make sure that there's a little bit of conviction and there is a little bit of guilt feeling and then we are okay with that. Exactly the same thing Paul is trying to do. He's just throwing multiple questions over them and he wants them to understand their condition. Question number one, he's asking, who has bewitched you? Or he's saying in other words, who cast a spell over you? Somebody said, did some magic to you? That you went away from God? Who did that? Question number one. Question number two. He's saying, did you receive the spirit by the work of the law or by faith? How can we receive Holy Spirit? By faith. So he's asking, did you receive the Holy Spirit by the work of the law? Because they all received the Holy Spirit when, you know, when he was traveling and ministering during his missionary journeys. And question number three, he's asking, are you so foolish what a good question isn't it are you so foolish number four have you began with spirit now ending in flesh that's all you have in your spiritual life that's all your spiritual journey with the lord you have started in flesh in spirit sorry and you ending you're ending in flesh and then fifth question have you suffered so many things in vain you suffered as a church. Now you forgot all those good things that you did for God and you now get into flesh, forgetting the Spirit of God. And question number six, has he given you, can you read that with me, last question? Has he given you the Spirit and worked miracle among you by the work of the law or by the hearing of faith? Six questions. You know, it's easy to study this way. Six questions Paul is asking. You know, in a nutshell, Paul is saying... When I came to you, I presented Christ crucified. And I told you salvation can come only through Christ. And only through the sufferings and only through the blood of the Lamb. I clearly told you, but now you are looking into the law. You are trying to do work. We are, you are back to the whole thing of you know, obeying the law and trying to get salvation. And Paul is saying that, never forget that you started in spirit. But now some of those fleshly desires are more than enough for you. You don't just really wait for God. You don't really wait, take time to pray with God. You know, do you remember the way we started our journey when we came to Christ the first time? You know, we were so zealous for God. We wanted to do so many good things for God. I will go here, I will do this, I will do that. And you were just running and coming to every prayer meeting. Listen to me, I'm talking to you now. Where is that now? Where that is gone? Paul is asking the Galatians church exactly the same thing. You started everything in spirit, but now slowly falling apart. And he is also telling that never forget to begin. Never forget that, you know, you suffered persecution a lot. You know, when they came to Jesus, they got, had great persecution from their, you know, fellow believers. 
fellow fellow believers of Judaism and they had great sufferings you know persecution from their church from their priests and from their authorities from the Pharisees and Sadducees you took so much of persecution and you made a commitment to follow Lord Jesus now what is happening what is wrong with you why do you allow all your effort to go in vain and he's also saying miracles were performed by the Spirit of God not by following the law not by following multiple steps can anyone perform miracles by following step number one three four five six if there is any advertisement that says that you know in six, six steps you can perform miracles can we believe yes or no you're okay we cannot really believe it will not happen it has to happen by the work of the Spirit of God by the help of the Holy Spirit so Paul is throwing all these questions and he is talking to them with a heavy heart with a heavy heart that he ministered to that people so much but now he doesn't see any fruit of it you know that is a very difficult position for a man of God to be in for a minister of God to be in after sowing for so many years if we don't see anything coming in return you feel that everything is a waste you know when you pour yourself into somebody and pray for them and nurture them and help them to grow in the Lord and after the, all these things you have done you see them walking away from God you know that really breaks our heart some of your family members you may be praying for but you see they are not coming to God they're in fact walking away from God that is something you find it difficult to handle you know Paul is having such a heavy heart right now and not only that I believe Paul is also about to listen to me this is interesting Paul is also about to say or in fact he's already saying some of the apostasy that are happening in today today's culture and today's environment apostasy is basically in denying the faith and walking away from God walking away from faith that's what exactly the Galatians were doing they were following Lord God and now they are back into the law they started following the law they forgot the crucifixion and suffering and the blood of Jesus and the forgiveness of Lord God and the salvation that they can receive through the blood they forgot all those things and they are back into the law so Paul is also talking about the world that we are living in today the world is already bewitched and befooled by so many things that are happening around us and this morning you know it's the heart of God that God is looking into the churches and God is telling church where do we stand the God has put a burden in God's heart to pray for the churches pray for the churches across the nation across the globe you know there are times that we need to pray for the churches God is asking maybe the church church are you bewitched are you be fooled this morning probably that's what Paul is talking to us this morning there are a couple of things the churches are plagued with today you know i just want to list them things there are the churches are plagued by tradition of men number one the traditions of men catholicism all the denominational things you know many other traditions cut into the church and church has become more traditional on the other day some of us were attending a funeral in another church there are so many rituals need to happen it's all in the Bible. They are all hold the same Bible that we hold today. There is so much of ritual before anything can happen there. You know, there are so many people. They are ritualistic. We are plagued by the traditions. Number two, Paul is saying you are also the church of today is also assaulted by philosophies. 
humanism secularism postmodernism you know you'll know all those things if you really find it out some of the churches are really controlled by these philosophies we don't see god anymore we don't see word of god being preached anymore we don't see these kind of basic sermons given anymore it's all based on so much of philosophy and you know what 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 is appealing or what is really pleasing to people you know that is what is preached we are also powerfully attacked by false teachers gospel of wealth gospel of health prosperity gospel you know that's where we see millions running behind that's where we see paul is talking about the current day church and he is saying church are you bewitched and be fooled and god wants us to be awake this morning as we listen to the word of god and to know these all these false things that are creeping into the church we are also challenged by false doctrines denying god and denying jesus and his deity like evolution that's what is taught in the school and you know what evolution is taught in the schools and church is trying to augment that church is trying to support that with the help of the word of, word of god do you think that that is going to work forever no that's the state of the church today jehovah's witness and the mormons false doctrines denying god and the deity of jesus we are also assaulted and attacked by the changing trends today you know it's already in the church there is so much is already in the church living together has become a common norm in the church today and the word of god is against that are you with me can i hear an amen it's not in the word of god that we can no word of god is not talking about living together as a status word of god talks about there is only one status there is marriage between a woman and a man amen so we are taken by taken over by the trends that we see today the same sex marriage and there is so much is happening even it is creeping into the church and this morning if paul would walk into this church my concern is what he will say what he will say number 2 we covered scripture 1 through 5 number 2 justification by faith the spiritual argument we talked about the personal argument by paul throwing six questions to the church in galatia and now we come to, we have come to the second part of it the scriptural argument from verses 6 through 25 so i just want to subdivide this bigger section into four aspects number 1 paul is quoting the example of abraham as we read from verses 6 through 9 then he also talks about the curse of the law you know what paul is trying to do paul is trying to tell the galatians the law is good for nothing it is all by the blood of jesus you know that is the message that paul is trying to convey so he is going to talk about the curse of the law and the third part is the priority of the promise over the law the priority of the promise over the law and finally the purpose of the law why law was given and what is the purpose of the law so let's subdivide it subdivide this into four aspects and let's, let's move further let's not wait here and we are going to cover the first two in this sermon number 1 the example of abraham so we are going to read from verses 6 through 9 shall we read it together we have the scripture on the screen just as abraham believed god can you read all together little out loud so that we can all hear each other and it was accounted to him for righteousness verse 7 therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of abraham verse 8 and the scripture foreseeing that god would justify the gentiles by faith 
preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. Verse 9. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. So Abraham was a name that was revered among the Jews. You know, Paul was trying to get their attention, grab their attention. You know, did you notice that this morning I am here struggling to get their attention? Did you notice that? Yes? Yes? Yes, right? So Paul is trying to, you know, get, trying to get their attention. He threw six questions to them and nobody's responding. They're not saying anything. And now Paul is quoting Abraham. So the moment he said Abraham, they all became alert they want to listen what he's going to tell about abraham because they like him so much their forefathers right one of their forefathers so then the moment he said abraham they all paid their attention and he said law was not given to abraham was there law at the time of abraham hello was there law at the time of abraham was it given at the time of abraham when was the law given Moses, very good, very good, excellent. Moses, right? At the time of Moses only, the law was given. So there was no law given at the time of Abraham. And Abraham's righteousness did not come through the law. Amen? That's what Paul is trying to tell here. Abraham's righteousness did not come through the law. All that Abraham did, Abraham believed God. And it was counted righteousness. For him. Amen. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's what scripture says. Let's, let's go to the book of Genesis 15, 5. Genesis 15. I'll be done in a few minutes. Genesis chapter 15, verse 5. Then he brought him outside and said, You know, God has been talking to Abraham. Abraham, you need to believe me. I'm going to multiply you. Amen. That was the promise that God gave to Abraham and Abraham had a tough time to believe that and God pulled him out of his hut, of his, um, of his house and Abraham came outside and then God said look now toward heaven and Abraham looked above, what do you see there when you look above? Stars, right? So sky, first of all we see sky and in the night we see stars, right? So probably it was the night. So Abraham looked above and count the stars, that's what God said. Count the stars if you are able to number them. And this is what God said to Abraham. So shall your descendants be. What was it? What was that God is talking about? God is talking about his descendants. Now that's how God is going to multiply his descendants. And they are going to fill all the nations. And it is so true. God did that. And he says, so shall your descendants be. Verse 6, and he believed in the Lord. Read that, that is what is important. He believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Right? The Judaism teaches the righteousness comes from the law by following the law. But God is, but here Paul is quoting that God did not give righteousness. God did not make Abraham righteous by giving the law but instead God enabled him to believe in God and he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness so how do we how do we, we become righteous today by faith yeah by faith trusting in Lord Jesus 
And we don't need anything else to do. We don't, have, we, don't, we don't have anything else to do. We just trust in God and put our faith in Lord Jesus Christ. The work that he has done at the cross for our salvation. And you know what? In those days it was a highest honor, a great honor. If somebody is called the son of Abraham. You know, when your father is great. He's an, you know, uh, he's a collector or he's in a government official in, 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 your, in your place, for example. And you are so proud of it, just to be called, uh, to be known as so-and-so's son. You know, it was highest honor to be known as Abraham's son, son of Abraham. And really, one cannot really work to get that status. Now, obviously, not everybody is born in Abraham's family to call, to be called the sons of Abraham. But Bible says, as we read in the same scripture portion, it says, just simply believe in God and have faith in God to be called a son of Abraham. So the sonship comes by faith. Amen? How we are called sons of God, children of God, daughters of God, by faith. Not just by you know, completing one, two, three, four, five. No, just by simply believing faith. You know, that is a mystery we struggle to understand at times. We can understand very easily, do this, do this, do this, and we are good. You know, we know that. But the moment we are asked to believe in God, trust in God, you know, sometimes it becomes difficult. But God is saying, you have become righteous, you are, you are made righteous just by believing and you know, Paul here again says one you know, interesting thing. He says, gospel was preached to Abraham. I don't know whether you noticed that scripture portion that we read. Gospel was preached to Abraham. When do you think gospel was preached? And I, I believe this is what I could interpret. This is what I could imagine. You remember Abraham was asked to carry his son to Mount Moriah to give him as a sacrifice. And as the son was laid down at the altar, and I believe, Abraham understood what gospel is. Gospel is preached to him at that moment. God told him, you need to sacrifice Isaac. And he realized salvation involves a sacrifice. And how he did that? By faith again. How he went taking your son to, you know, to sacrifice him? By faith and that faith was counted righteous for him. And Abraham was saved because of that faith. Who is righteous? Those who are saved. Salvation came to Abraham because he has such a great faith in God. Think about you know, how salvation happened in the Old Testament. Uh, you know, uh, uh, saints. By having faith in God. He believed it and took his son. And now we see you know, he was about to get killed. And now we see a replacement. He saw a ram in the thicket and he brought the ram and killed. He remembers. With a great revelation, Abraham could foresee what is going to happen at the, at the Mount Golgotha. Now there, Isaac had an escape. But here, son of God did not want to escape. Because he was ready to give his life for us. To bring salvation. The same way salvation came to Abraham. By having faith in God. Bringing his son Isaac to be sacrificed. It is the same way you receive salvation even today. By having faith in God. By having faith in the atoning work that Jesus did at the cross. Let's read James chapter 2 verse 21. 
James chapter 2 verse 21 James writes here was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar now there are many arguments and debates going on based on works was not Abraham our father justified by works why it says by works why does it say by faith but you know what there was no law at that time so what James is talking about is not just the work of law but work of faith amen work of faith was not Abraham our father justified by works of faith when he offered Isaac his son on the altar Abraham was justified by faith and he continued to show that faith by work by action faith without work is dead that's the work we are talking about we are not talking about the work of the law we are talking about the work of the faith even today God saves sinners on the same basis he justified or he saved Abraham because Abraham just had faith in God and today God saves sinners when they come and have faith in Lord God amen so that's the reason we are able to see still yesterday you know, they were against God but today when they come into the presence of God they are able to you know get sanctified and made perfect simply because they put their trust in Lord Jesus that's how salvation works you know this is what Paul is writing to Galatians and he's saying that Abraham was not justified by law Abraham was justified by simply having faith in Lord Jesus you know all the thing that Paul is trying to bring here is just to teach them and bring them back in alignment with the Word of God because they already went away by listening to some of the Judaic preachers they went away from God and they started following the law that is a great concern that Paul is dealing with right now here so we just talked about the example of Abraham let's do one more and then we'll quickly close the second aspect of the scriptural based argument the second aspect is the curse of the law curse of the law verses 10 to 14 now Paul had to tell this to Galatians you are following the law but the end of it is a is curse you are incurring curse over yourself by following the law let's read a couple of scriptures here verses 10 through 14 for as many can you read that with me together for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse for it is written cursed is everyone who does not continue does not continue note that down does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith verse 12 yet the law is not of faith but the man who does them shall live by them verse 13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree verse 14 that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith I'll just do a little expounding on each scriptures quickly. Now, Western says those who live by the works of the law are under curse. Just help you to understand that. In a law brings curse because it is so difficult to follow all the laws all the time. Because as we read, it is required to continue in all things. It is required to continue in following all the law all the time. If you agree with me, that simply means one has to keep the law 
day, during the day, word of God is talking about 630 odd laws. You need to keep all the laws during the day, during the night, 24 hours every day, and 7 days in a week, and 52 weeks in an year, through your thought, through your word, through your deed, you need to keep all the laws. Failure to do this results in condemnation. That's what law says. So verse 11 says, no one is justified by the law. You know, there is so much of, you know, people holding on to the law and say that this law is going to say, we want to just follow the law simply. So no one is justified by the law. Even the Old Testament made it very clear, but still, you know, the eyes of the people are not opened yet. Habakkuk says in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, Behold, read that with me, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by law. Does it say law? No, just shall live by faith. Who is writing? Old Testament prophet is writing. Just shall live by faith. You know, Paul is having a real tough time. I understand that. Verse 12 says, both law and faith are contrary to each other. One cancels the other. Think about this. People work very systematically. You know, very cleverly following all the laws. All the time. Through all the things they do. And they accumulate so much of righteousness in their account. They are considered... Righteous because they obey everything. They are very ritualistic. They are very traditional. They follow all the rituals. There is so much of righteousness they gained in their account. But prophet Isaiah says in 64, 6, Isaiah 64, 6, man's righteousness is labeled as filthy rags. Cancelled. All the righteousness you acquired by following the law is just cancelled. Because... God cannot consider you unless you go through the blood of the Lamb. God cannot really look at you as righteous. Verse 13 says, even the law requires a capital punishment. Listen to this. Law requires a capital punishment of hanging someone on the tree. That's what the law says. Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 22, if you can read with me. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death and he is put to death and you hang him there are millions and millions of people who were killed in this fashion because nobody could obey the law. Nobody could follow the law. He faltered at some time or the other. And there are people hung on the tree throughout day and night. And this is the curse of the law. That's what Paul is trying to tell. And he says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us by allowing himself to be hung on a tree. He hung on a tree, the tree is the, the cross. And he made himself, you know, he became a curse just for us. So that we can be set free. That's what exactly God did through his son Jesus at the cross. Verse 14, if you read, the blessings of Abraham and the sons of Abraham are brought to the Gentile through Christ. Which no one could have ever received by following the law. The blessings of Abraham and the sons of Abraham are brought to you and me today just by faith. Amen. This morning, you know, God is making that clear to us. You know, sometimes even in our lives we become so ritualistic. 
we become you know so traditional giving so much of importance to some of our traditions we don't want to just get away from those things but god is not pleased in those things god expects you to come to him with a open heart shall we all just stand for a moment this morning as we conclude some of those concluding thoughts as take away before we leave from this place we get them on the screen so that we will be able to just read and understand before we leave some of those concluding thoughts today can we read that together as we understand today if we are not careful we will be easily bewitched and be fooled by the traditions philosophies false teachings and changing trends as the law cannot produce righteousness cannot save sinners law cannot save sinners all the legalistic rituals and traditions we follow make no difference in us you know we need to understand that all the rituals we try to do they are not going to make any difference at times we feel so good about it but you know they are not really going to bring any, anything in us they are capable of neither saving us nor taking us to heaven number three aspect of it abraham was justified and counted righteous because of his faith in god and his work of faith you know we need to establish that work of faith in our lives we should move forward and start doing things if we have faith in god it has to be seen in the way we work the way we do things and abraham really demonstrated the faith that he had in god and this is the same basis on which a sinner is saved today by having faith in god and start living by faith finally law brings curse and it requires us to be hung on a tree but jesus took our place and set our lives free amen amen shall we close our eyes this morning